Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 262 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Timothy chapter 2 today and our focus is on how does the church grow? How does the good news of Jesus spread? We're going to talk about the ultimate church growth strategy. Well, every day we get into God's word verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Our goal is to join with you in understanding the word of God, hearing the word of God, following the word of God, obeying the word of God, and sharing the word of God. I do want to invite you to check out our website. It's Bible2021.com, Bible2021.com, and I would ask you to share the show with a friend and even go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That would be fantastic. Well, okay, okay, I'd better go ahead and own it and confess. Putting the ultimate church growth strategy in the title of this podcast episode is a little over the top. Well, it's it's not untrue, mind you, but it's just a little tiny bit on the clickbaity side. And I'm almost sorry for it, but not sorry enough to change it because my hope is that someday in the future, somebody will Google that phrase and find this episode on our website and discover what is the real and ultimate biblical strategy for church growth. It's simple, it's effective, it's powerful, and it is how the church spread across the known world with lightning speed in the first few centuries AD. But Honestly, it would be difficult to package this strategy into a book now and sell it in a Christian bookstore because, uh, well, people are looking for some other way to grow the church, which is honestly kind of sad because Paul is going to tell Timothy and us the real hidden secret to church growth. Okay, it's not hidden. I guess it's pretty obvious. It's right there in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. Paul says, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses Commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Yeah, that's it. Well, I imagine you probably aren't as impressed or as blown away by this command as you should be. But let me reiterate, this is the strategy that took the message of Jesus, a Jewish man in a tiny country all across the known world. By literally every metric there is, Jesus is the most famous person who ever lived. Even an ardent atheist will admit that, at least one who knows how to study these sorts of things. And even a YouTube wackadoodle who doesn't believe Jesus ever existed will admit that because it's actually scientifically verifiable. I mean, you can study the frequency of uh, how many times a name appears in literature to determine how famous a person is. So how did a person from a tiny and insignificant country in the first century become literally the most famous person ever, despite us not having a single picture of him or work of art or literature produced by him? How did Jesus become the most famous person ever, despite his followers being relatively poor and powerless and his movement being persecuted and opposed by the largest empire in the world at the time? Well, I think the answer to that question is the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrection of Jesus. But the question is, in a world without like newspapers and blogs and podcasts and television programs and uh, newscasts and that sort of thing. How did the message of the resurrection of Jesus spread across the world? Well, it was none other than the simple strategy that Paul tells us about today. 
take the word of God, which is what Paul taught, and commit that to faithful people who are able to teach others also. It's just that simple. It was that simple in the first century without any technology, and it is still that simple today without with a lot of technology. Well, this method or strategy is what the church has called discipleship for centuries. Of course, Paul did not invent this strategy. He learned it from the method of the master himself, Jesus, who invested himself and his teachings into the lives of a few faithful followers who would go on to do the same with others. Uh, David Mathis, in the excellent book on uh, missions and evangelism called Finish the Mission, Bringing the Gospel to the Unreached and Unengaged, helps us to see this dynamic of discipleship a little more clearly. He writes, Does disciple all nations in the Great Commission not call to mind how Jesus himself discipled his men? They were, after all, his disciples, and when they heard him command, disciple all nations, would they not think that this discipling they were being commanded to do is similar to the very thing he did with them, investing prolonged real life, day in, day out, intentional time with younger believers in order to personally grow them to maturity as well as model for them to how to disciple others in the same way. This sounds like what Paul is getting at It's in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 when he instructs his disciple Timothy, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Timothy My disciple, disciple others to disciple others. Four spiritual generations get explicit mention here. Paul, then Timothy, and then faithful men, and then the others also that they disciple with the implication that further generations are to follow. Seeing discipling in this light means not merely pursuing our own spiritual maturity, but getting outside of ourselves for personal connection and substantial intentional investment of time and a few others, the kind of investment for which there must be going to accomplish among the nations. Jesus spent over three years with his 12 disciples. He called them to be discipled at the outset of his ministry in Matthew 4.19, and he gave them the lion's share of his life until his departure in Matthew 28. He invested his life and his men. It is eye-opening to track in the Gospels how much Jesus gave of himself to his disciples. While the crowds pursued him, he pursued his disciples. He was willing to bless and teach the masses, but he invested in the few. Ah, That's pretty mind-blowing, my friends. That's how the message of Jesus has taken root in literally every country in the world. Well, let us read our passage. It is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Paul says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering is a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David according to my gospel, for which I suffer, to the point of being bound like a criminal, but the word of God is not bound." This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. 
This saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness, and their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hymenaeus and Philetus are among them. They have departed from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and are ruining the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, bearing this inscription, The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also those of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant disputes because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will." Amen. Well, we close out today with our Bible memory passage for the month of September, which is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it reads, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. May the Lord bless you, friends, and uphold you. May his word equip you and encourage you and spur you on. Good day to you and Godspeed.